Hey Insider, I'm back again with another special interview with a fellow success insider called Marissa Piers. Marissa is a best-selling author, motivational speaker, and a leading celebrity therapist. And over the past 30 years, Marissa has coached an extensive client list of rock stars, Hollywood celebrities, Olympic athletes, and CEOs to name a few. And during today's interview, she reveals some of the best strategies in regards to unlocking the confidence, feeling whole with yourself, and knowing that you are enough. So without further ado, here is an interview with a success. Success Insider, Marissa Piers. Enjoy. Your mind believes whatever you tell it. It doesn't care whether what you say is good or bad, right or wrong, true or false. It lets it in. If your mind believes what you tell it, you might as well tell it amazing stuff. Because here's the truth. You make your beliefs and then your beliefs make you. And then the world starts to match whatever you believe if you believe that cats are vicious things that scratch you they probably will and if you believe that wonderful cuddly fur balls that are full of personality you'll find that too because you find what you look for because the mind is wired to back up what you're telling it every word you say every thought you think is a blueprint that your mind begins to work to make real so i'll show you if you like to show the whole audience Put your hand in front of your mouth right now. You want me to do it? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I want everyone to do it. Just take 30 seconds. And with your hand in front of your mouth, close your eyes. And keep your eyes closed just for a minute. And I want you to imagine you're holding half of a big, fat, juicy lemon. And I want you to breathe in that wonderful, gorgeous citrus smell because nothing smells quite like a lemon. I want you to squeeze that half a lemon so lemon droplets appear on the surface. And I want you to open your mouth and I want you to shove that half a lemon in your mouth. And I want you to eat it. I want you to suck out the flesh. I want you to bite the lemon flesh, suck all the juice, chew it, bite it, bite it some more. I want you to eat that lemon, devour that lemon. And now open your eyes. And you'll notice that because you told your mind you're eating a lemon, your mind immediately began to pump out saliva. It didn't go, oh, come on, there's no lemon. This is just thinking about a lemon. Because your mind doesn't do that. Whatever you tell your mind, it believes. Your mind's job is to act on what you tell it. And your job, and this is so important, is to make sure you tell it good stuff, great stuff, amazing stuff. If you say, I ate cake, I knew I'd gain weight, and I have. You'll make that really if you got a cake. And my metabolic rate is so amazing. I just metabolized it all, and I still weigh the same. And I eat good food. When I eat bad food, my body just uses it, and I'm still super healthy because you always have a choice. But so often we make the wrong choices. Like my hair's wet, I'm going to get sick. I was in the rain, I'm going to get sick. That chicken looked a bit pink. Now I'm going to get food poisoning. I had a fight with someone. Now I'm going to be depressed. When you could say, yeah, that chicken was a bit pink, but you know what? I've got amazing digestion and the body can digest raw food. It used to do that all the time. I was out in the rain, but my immune system is amazing. I give hot to cold, cold to hot. My immune system is great because you can choose what to tell yourself every day you get to make that choice. But you know what you can't choose? What you do to your body when you say, oh, that's killing me. That was a nightmare. I'm dying inside. That's making me sick. I can't stand that. I'm falling apart. This is a nightmare. 
if you could see what you do to yourself when you use that language, you would never use that language because your body can't choose. When you say, this commute is killing me, this freeway is killing me, my boss is driving me mad, my kids make me want to die, which of course isn't true, but we say these crazy things for your mind. It's as just as true as the lemon was. Mm. So what happened when you ate the lemon? I felt uh, the grittiness that you feel from citrusy sort of fruit, yeah. You will say, well, so was there a lemon? I'm going to ask you, today, what, where was, the, was there a lemon? No. <laughs> Everyone says no, but actually the answer is yes. There absolutely was a lemon. So here's the next question, where was the lemon? Because there was a lemon, but where was it? In my mind, I suppose. Yeah, it was here. So there was a lemon, it was in your mind. Everything is in your mind. Everything begins with a thought. Everything you think and feel and do and have starts with a thought. But thoughts become real, thoughts are things. And we all have to learn to be responsible for our thoughts. To not, you can't allow yourself that negative thinking. It's a luxury that no one can afford. I'm dying, I'm falling apart, this is a nightmare, this is killing me. This is stressing me out to the max. I can't stand it. This is making me insane. Don't speak like that because it feels so real to your mind, just like the lemon. Instead, you can go, this is a challenge, but I'm good at challenges. Yeah, I'm a little sleep deprived. I am tired. I could do with more sleep, but don't go, I'm exhausted. I'm shattered. I'm starving. I could eat a horse because it's not just, yeah, I'm a little hungry. I need to eat and I'm going to wait and eat some better food. And then your mind is very clear. Okay, you need to eat, but you're going to wait to eat better food. So you're not going to eat the jelly beans or the cookies or the candy bars because you're waiting for better food. So we all get to choose how to talk to ourselves. So would you say it's a matter of just reminding ourselves to stop ourselves whenever we're talking like that? Or is there like a specific strategy that we can incorporate to make that easier? Well, you need to eavesdrop on yourself. I would say, ask your friends, how do I speak? They go, oh, you always say nightmare. Oh, it's a nightmare. It's a disaster. Because we often don't even realize that we use the same words. It's a nightmare. It's a disaster. It's terrifying. I was with a supermodel recently, and she used the word terrifying every minute. Oh, I got this job. It was terrifying. I got, I've been asked to be in a movie. That's terrifying. You know, this really nice guy asked me out. Terrifying. I'm like, but why is it terrifying? It's not terrifying. It, that's someone's fantasy dream come true. Because she always used this word terror as a throwaway word, she lived in a state of terror. Her skin would break out. She had high blood pressure. Because she used this word terror all the time. I had an intern recently. She was lovely. And she said, when I got the job with you, I wanted to die. Then she had this really cute English guy asked me, I wanted to die. And I said, could you stop using that word, I want to die? Because it's a throwaway word, but not to the mind. The mind can't stop to think, is this real? Do you really want to die? Is this really killing you? It just listens to your dialogue. And if you say, my work is killing me, my life is killing me, but particularly say my job is killing me, your mind's going to give you an illness like an ulcer to get you away from that job which is killing you. If you say, oh my God, that last boyfriend or girlfriend, they ripped out my heart, stamped all over it and killed me. Your mind goes, no more relationships for you because your mind's job is to keep you alive on the planet. 
So when you say something is killing you, stressing you, driving you mad, making you crazy, making you insane, your mind's job is to keep you alive because I've got to get you away from that stuff. And that was a love relationship. Don't have any more of those. That was being pregnant. Don't get pregnant anymore. That was going to work. Let me give you panic attacks or ulcers or chronic migraines. And now you can't go to that place that you keep saying is killing you. And then we wonder why we have all these autoimmune diseases and these psychosomatic illnesses where the symptoms are absolutely real. Psychosomatic headaches are very painful indeed. It's just that the organ that's causing the pain is not diseased. You'll think psychosomatic means you imagine it. No, not at all. Your body has created in response to what you keep telling it. And if you stop telling it those things, you'll stop getting those responses. So when you hear it in your mind, do you tell us what you have to say to yourself? Is it stop or do you just yeah, reframe it? Or <clears throat> You reframe it. So here's a good example. I could go, oh, my head is killing me, which is not true. I would just go, you know, I do have a headache. I've got a little pain in my head, but I'm probably dehydrated. It'll go away. I had that yesterday, actually. I, I had headaches. I don't get very often. I thought I must be really dehydrated. And I, I drank a lot of water, put some peppermint oil on my head. And eventually it went away. And I remember I was out and I was thinking, oh, I do have a little headache, but I didn't go, oh my God, my head, it's killing me. I'm in so much pain. Um, let's imagine you're going to catch a plane or a train or, and you're a little late. Oh my God, I'm going to miss the plane. It's a nightmare. It's all going terribly wrong. You probably won't miss it. You'll probably get there on time. And if, you're, and, and if you miss it, you just have to get another one or the train, or um, I'm late for a meeting, I'm late for a party. Like, say I was five minutes late to talk to you. I can get myself social. Oh, my God, I'm late. Super. I could go, look, five minutes is okay. They understand. I, I found often when I've got to things late, I haven't really enjoyed them. I've always ended up being glad I was late. If I'm doing something, if I'm doing yesterday something, I was there on time, but the other person was late, and then the internet wouldn't work, and it took 15 minutes before it got going. And it was a bit stressful. And by the time we started to film, the light had all changed. We had to move everything. But once it got going, it was absolutely fine. Don't make things a disaster. Don't catastrophize. It's all ruined. It's a nightmare. You know, I, I turned up in Cuba once with my husband, and they lost all our luggage. And Cuba's interested in his luggage because you can't buy anything. They didn't have anything to buy. And my husband actually wore the same shirt and shorts every day. And he found it very liberating. We'd get up, he'd, um, we'd go out for the day, we'd come back, we had a hotel with a pool, he'd swim in the pool, lie in the sun, as close as we'd go out for dinner. And he said, you know what, that week with no stuff was an amazing week. It was such, so interesting. I remember I bought some magazines with me and actually I found in the magazines some little samples of them. Um, creams because I had nothing to buy nothing to use I had my toothbrush but it was actually really a great week with no luggage so what would have been a nightmare and a disaster was actually great fun it was actually really interesting living without stuff and 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 you also must remember something else your problem is someone else's fantasy dream come true do not stand in the store and go oh my god it's hell in Ralph's market it's hell in the supermarket. Look at the line. And this teller is so slow and this is hell. When you go to Africa, 
when you go to some places like Cuba again, where there is nothing to buy, when you go to downtown Jamaica, you really realize how privileged you are. If you have money in your wallet and you can go to a store and buy food, that is such a blessing. I mean, I, I know when I was in Zimbabwe, I wanted to buy food for this orphanage. I went to a store and they had no food. It's like, we haven't got anything to buy. And I eventually found when I bought everything, and it was such a lovely experience. I took it all back to this, this orphanage and they'd, they'd never had the kind of stuff I had bought for them before. And they were so happy. I thought, oh, yeah, I need to get more. So the next day I went back and they're like, well, you bought all our stock. We've got nothing. When will you get more? They went, no, nobody buys stock here. Well, they haven't got any money. So, you know, I bought them little lollipops and candy. When you opened it, it was all stuck to the paper. It was so old, but they didn't care. And candy's not good, but they never had that stuff before. So, you know, you, you complain on the freeway about the traffic and you need to stop and think, having a car, I mind to put gas in it, is someone's fantasy dream come true. And I used to do that. I drove my daughter to school and it was a commute and I didn't like it and it was in rush hour traffic and I would moan and I one day thought, what are you doing? You are driving your kid to private school. You have the money to pay the fees. It was a stretch for me to pay those fees, by the way, but I got it together. You have a car and gas. And I realized how privileged it was and I stopped doing that. And, you know, we, we don't realize how lucky we are till we go somewhere else. But it's a good idea to stop and think. My problem is this kid that keeps me awake at night, this husband that constantly leaves his underpants on the floor, this child that leaves jam on the doors to the refrigerator. <laughs> That would be someone else's fantasy. How lucky I am. And if you live in that level of gratitude, even though it sounds a bit Pollyanna, it's a wonderful thing. I mean, my husband occasionally annoys me, so does my child. But I stop and imagine my life without them. Whenever I'm thinking, oh, I stop and think my life without them. And it's so awful that I immediately go back into how lucky I am to have them. And it's a good thing to do when you're out to fight with someone imagine them not in your life and then you realize that they're a blessing <laughs> so true put everything into context um yeah, and, and you know what's happened in in the world that we're in today is that we don't feel anymore you know we used to think mm, i'm angry with my kid let me work that out i'm angry with my partner now we, i've got a feeling I'm just going to eat that feeling or drink that feeling or shop that, go onto eBay and shop that feeling. I'm going to Netflix that feeling. And you see, your feelings are the most real thing you have. And you must feel your feelings until they no longer wish to be felt. If you feel grief or rage or anger or pain or hurt, if someone's hurt your feelings and you eat them, you push them down or you go on Amazon and you buy something to stop feeling. The feeling doesn't go away, it regroups and it comes back. And so your feelings are the most real thing you have. They're always there to tell you something. And you need to tune into your feelings and go, oh, I'm feeling resentful of my sister. What's that really all about? Actually, she really applies herself and I don't and I'm just jealous, but I can do something about that. But if you eat those feelings or drink or medicate those feelings or smoke those feelings or do anything but feel, they will always come back. So confront it head on sort of thing. Feel it. Don't confront feel it. it. Just feel it. 
what am I feeling? I'm feeling hurt. I'm feeling rage. I'm feeling envy. I'm feeling jealousy. Why am I feeling that? And in asking yourself why you'll learn something about yourself. Oh, I'm feeling envy because my, the person I'm spending my time with, my friend is much more attractive than me or much more successful than me. And I'm feeling anger, but actually, you know what? They apply themselves much more. I'm actually angry with myself because I'm just being lazy. And then you can realize, right, so I can do something about that. So in feeling your feelings and seeing what they are, you get insight into what's going on. It's not really confronting them, it's feeling them. I'm feeling really annoyed with my husband because he's talking to someone who's prettier than me. I'm feeling really annoyed with my wife because she's talking to someone is more successful. What that's really all about is I'm feeling annoyed with myself because I'm just coasting through life and I'm not pushing myself. I'm not taking advantage of opportunities. I'm feeling rage because my friend's kid is more successful than mine. Yeah, I'm realizing that my kid's got great talents. And you know, I, I many years ago, I was a single parent. My friend was, and she had the perfect kid. Her kid was perfectly behaved and mine wasn't. And she had a great ability to point that out. And I can't say she made me feel like a bad parent because nobody could do that except for me. But she said, well, why doesn't your daughter behave? Why isn't she like that? I said, look, she's not a toy. She's not a puppy. She's not a pet that I go sit and she's going to do it. But now many years have passed and I speak to that person and her daughter was very introverted as she grew up. And now she lives on the other side of the world and she never sees her. I think, wow, it's so funny how that worked out. My daughter lives across the road. I see her all the time. So often, what the person you think you envy because they've got the perfect marriage, the perfect kids, they haven't. It's, it's all spoken marriage. It's not like that at all. Okay. Well, I really appreciate all of the advice and uh, all of the tactics that you've shared with us today. Uh, let me ask you, to wrap up, if you were to summarize this whole interview today and just leave everybody with one final piece of advice, what would that one piece of advice be for everybody? That would be very simple. Know that you're enough. Tell yourself you're enough every day. Say it out loud. I'm enough. I'm enough. I'm enough. You've always been enough from the day you were born until the day you leave this planet. You will always be enough. And when you know that you're enough, you give the whole world permission to also know you're enough. When you know it, they recognize it. We spend so long trying to make someone like us, trying to make someone like our Instagram or our Facebook. We give all our power away. So instead of trying to make other people know you're enough, know you're enough. Put the energy into you. I promise you, I guarantee it will change your life, not just for a day, but forever.